Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. National Farm Animals Day. Also Easter Monday for those who are uh, <laughs> celebrating that. I prefer National Farm Animals Day. Is there is there an animal that really jumps off the board to you when you think of farm animals on? Uh probably a pig. It's just a classic, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So I was when you said that I was thinking of the book, uh one of an all timer, some would say. A great piece of I literature. Just, I think we had to read that in grade nine and they were trying to tell us about symbolism and stuff like that. And, you know, this movie that we're going to review in a bit has a lot of symbolism. That's called a tease for the people. And it's going to break the record for most questions asked about a movie. So you're not going to want to miss that. But let's let's dump the sports out of the way first. I sat here all weekend. I watched the Masters. It's Masters weekend. It's what you do. Then I'm getting ready to talk about it. I'm excited. It's not over now, but Rom's going to win. And I get a text from Adam 30 minutes before the show. We can all agree to keep the master's talk to under 70 seconds. That's what he says. And then just starts Down picking a bone about all we care about is the master's. I just wanted to know what your beef was with the golf Super Bowl. Well, Owen said he was down for that. So it sounds like I'm not the only one, but I just, I feel like, I mean, I'm not an expert on our audience or the people here. I, I mean, I guess I know a bit about the people here, but. Some, like someone won the masters i don't know his name and like i think that's about all the news we need to talk about like we're not going to go into like the ninth hole and like who hit like par three like Raw golf adam hit the lingo dude yeah <laughs> i just don't think we need to do all that that's fine if that's a take i just it, it just surprised me that you were so anti-masters you even said we don't talk about the league uh super bowl so why would we talk about the masters i feel like there's a bit of a difference between the two of those but that, hey, that's to each their own. I guess, I mean, the UFC was on this weekend. Owen would probably be the one that wants to talk about that the most. I guess that was kind of the bad. That was kind of an all-time of fight. That was a big you think fight. so? Well, not an all-time. I might have overstepped that a little bit, but people were loving it on Twitter. Yeah, it was a good fight. I enjoyed it. I, I learned a little bit about their rivalry before because, so I didn't know this. Maybe you guys knew this, but Israel Adesanya used to kickbox, which I did know. And... Charles Oliveira, or sorry, not Charles Oliveira, Alex Pereira, who he fought yesterday, yesterday last night, um, was also a kickbox, kickboxer. And they met in like the world championship twice, I think, when they were both kickboxers. And I think Pereira beat him twice. And so when he made the transition, when Izzy made the transition to UFC, Pereira was like, let me like make the transition too so I can basically continue the rivalry in the UFC. So it's like goes back years, basically. And he's been known as like the Izzy stopper. It looked like Pereira like had him like kind of in the corner yeah. was just gonna start beating down on him, and then I think like they said he opened up too much, and Adesanya just smoked him just like right there on the side of the temple, got him twice. Um, but the best part was that he found his kid, Alex Pereira's kid, and did the like I put I put your dad to sleep thing because for some yeah. reason in that same champ like World Kickboxing Championship. Um, somehow they let it, Alex Pereira's kid in when he knocked out at Asanya and he like did that same, like, Oh, I put my, I, my dad put you to sleep and like fell down and laid beside at Asanya, which the kid like, did that. 
Yeah, you, did you yeah. not see the video of that? No. Chris kid came into the ring after <clears throat> his dad won and just like fell to the ground, like trying to like mock Adesanya how he got knocked out. So then that's why Adesanya found his kid, pointed to him, and then did the same thing. So which he's got beef with the so kid. Raw. Is this he, like a, when you say kid, is this like a, a child? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a grown like kid. Maybe four. He looks oh, like a four year old, five year old when he did that. And now he's a little older, but still beefing with the kid. Because he said, he's like, man, when I saw that, he's like, I'm going to beat your ass if your dad won't. So <laughs> he, seemed pretty, uh, he seemed pretty like amped up to do that. So. We talked about Angel Reese and the stuff, the yeah. women's basketball stuff last week. How so? In my mind, I've kind of, I've kind of, I've, I've thought of chewed a lot on that conversation we had, and I, I want to know what you guys think is the difference between what Angel Reese did and like what Adesanya did to this to Pereira. Like, I was, do, you, do you consider that cringe? Well, I was going to say this exact thing that, like, to me. I don't know why in Angel Reese, like it like rubbed me the wrong way entirely. This I, I know think, why. Was a little... I know why. Why? I can't. I mean, Angel Reese so... was saying she got disrespected when she like Angel Reese was acting for someone else, but like Adesanya, like he literally fought the guy, lost, got disrespected, and then did it back. Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese had some like three year fucking like meeting <laughs> in the finals every year, like the Warriors and Cavs. And I'd be like, all right, like you deserve to, but like. I don't know if they've ever even met before. Like, was there even any prior beef to that? And I think no, she just no. took like offense to to what she did to other people to South Carolina. Yeah, because yeah. so they're SEC. That's that's where I drew the line too. Because I was like, I thought about it some more, and I was like, I actually don't really have a problem with the actual chirping, like the chasing her down and doing the ring or whatever in and of itself. Like, that's cool. If somebody else did that in a different situation, I'd probably be okay with it. It was just the fact that, it, like, it was. Like she's beating up on somebody who didn't like there was, it was not it was so one sided like yeah. there was no actual beef between them which made it super corny in my opinion. I, I agree with. I just Owen wanted to hear you guys' take. I agree with Owen because if Draymond did that, we're probably applauding him. Um, yeah. Or Dylan Brooks. Or, or Dylan Brooks. We're like, let's go, Brooks. Let's do. Let's do it. But um, <laughs> but this, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay with her like chasing her down and like doing that stuff. But um, yeah, it was kind of like. There once again, there's not like you weren't being like disrespected. I'd say, like, yeah. And at, at the same time, I was saw somebody on Twitter mention the uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. I think it was in the Super Bowl when he did the peace sign to Tyree Kill with like three minutes left up, whatever it was, like twenty points. And I thought I was like, yeah, no, I thought that was sick. But I think the difference was there was beef there because Tyreek did it earlier in the season to them. And so then I was like, well, if if Caitlin Clark, if they had this big beef pre pre like pregame where Caitlin Clark was talking all this trash to Angel Reese, then I would be like, that's probably sick. But yeah, yeah just well, I would have been on Angel Reese's side then. Yeah, yeah, same. Me too. Because if, if Caitlin Clark's coming up to her like yeah, literally like during warmups or some shit, or like wait or like yeah. chirping her on Twitter, like <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass something like five minutes before the tip off. <laughs> I'd be like, let's go, Angel Reese. Like, let's like get her. Yeah, but exactly. like, Kim was literally like the most quiet person. Like, yeah, that's what it seemed like to me, at least. I'm I'm not an expert on the situation, but I will also say, I I think that the sport of like all rules kind of fly out the window when you're talking UFC like celebrations for this stuff. Like, short of actually like hopping on the guy when he's knocked out, I think it's pretty much carte blanche to do what you want when you win. Even then. I will say it was a little bit wild when he's doing like the point and fall thing 
and then the camera cuts to the crowd and it's just like an 11 year old crying is yeah. the person that he's attacking that was a little bit heat i maybe would have refrained from that but like i said i can't really be that upset that was like a wwe moment bro like wrestlemania yeah. like i thought that, i thought that was wild um and then shout out like you said for the post knockout celebrations kind of like you never know what you're gonna get i thought the arrows were yeah next. That was sick because I think Alex Pereira did one as he was walking out for the fight. Oh, he did an arrow and like wow. pointed it and shot it at Adesanya, I think. I didn't watch the whole fight, yeah. but from what I've seen on, on Twitter and stuff. So then Adesanya comes back with like four more after he knocks him out, which was crazy. Yeah, he's always got something crazy. You said like anything short of hopping on the guy after he's down. But I think Izzy's like most famous celebration maybe is after he knocked out Paulo Costa. He just got it right up behind him and, and humped him. So he's he's kind of known for that. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is a bit more know. tame, honestly. He's taking a step back with this one. Well, that, that, I, that's why we need a UFC uh, expert like a ref Dak Prescott, like <laughs> the, the hump game. Oh, that was so all time. <laughs> we don't reference that enough as a as a people. No, I really don't, don't think. That was all time stuff. I also I was I mean, Mazvidal retired, I guess you could talk about that if you wanted to, but I think more notable to us and the people local to this show is the fact that the UFC was (laughs) planning to come to Calgary on, uh, I think like July or June, no, or May or something like that in in a month soon. And uh, because the Flames are on a playoff push, they didn't know if the Flames were going to make it and run to the cup finals. So they couldn't do it here and had to do it in Vancouver. Just leave it to the Flames to find a way to botch possibly the greatest night of our lives trying to get tickets to that. Well, I don't, I don't know what kind of like we're really planning on having that in the saddle dome or in the like new BMO thing. Like, can that would that have saddle been able dome? To- saddle dome, <laughs> like the big four building. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Because I don't know why. Like, the, what did the you want us to take Man industry, Stadium? That'd be sick. I don't know why the biggest like entertainment industry would want to come to the saddle dome. Like, <laughs> that's a bit weird for me. So I don't like. I don't know. I thought they would have picked Edmonton or Vancouver anyways, but yeah. It would have been nice to have one here because then I think, you know, we wouldn't have gone, but we would have had the like day where we thought like we were going and that would have been really captivating for all of us to come bring together. So I guess there's that. Can you give me an NBA equivalent of this guy who retired Masvidal though? Because like the way I see it, it seems like he was like kind of memorable, but also just there all the time. Hmm. Chris Paul, uh, Chris Bosh, not that absolutely not. No, mm-hmm. he'd be like a role player who never really won anything significant or was never really the best at anything. Mm-hmm. Who was exciting like to watch? That would be like who a was. huge. Maybe like oh, a, like maybe a, oh, 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 no, 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 Lance Stevenson. Because you'd oh. have to have that one. Like I'm the best in the world right now for one game. Yes, <laughs> type, type you're right. Game. Josh Smith, yeah, had Josh that. Smith is better. Clippers out. Bubble TJ. Bubble TJ, yeah. People forget he's logging big minutes for the Suns right now. Thomas, maybe. Like that's pretty. Yeah, but that was more of a sustained period of dominance. I don't think Masvidal was ever really that good, like in any type of way. Like the Askren fight, I mean, that was big, but yeah, Askren's not a good fighter, really. (laughs) Like Askren was kind of kind of bad. (laughs) He never really won anything. Didn't really know how to punch. Kind of. I only know him from Jake Paul. That's it. Yeah. And that was a rough one, too. <laughs> Tough scene. Well, yeah. Good UFC weekend, at least. It's too bad it's not coming here. Um, basketball, 
we're in the play-in this week. I'm sure Alex is very excited. He was actually one of the eight people who braved the world and watched the Timberwolves-Pelicans game this afternoon, and he actually saw Rudy Gobert punch a teammate live, which that's really shows you how the Timberwolves are going. They sent Rudy home for punching Kyle Anderson after he called him a bitch. It looked like seemingly. um, By the way that they all jumped in there, it seemed like he's like the most dislikable guy ever. Like everybody just ran to get Kyle Anderson and I didn't see one person back up to get Rudy. Rudy obviously sent home. Timberwolves look like they're going to play OKC in the 9-10. Like as we're recording, that's still kind of up in the air. But man, Alex, you saw it live. So what was your breakdown? I love him ready to kill my teammate to to be uh, eighth seed in the play. (laughs) Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Like I'm ready to sacrifice Kyle Anderson so we can get play the Lakers in LA. Um, just so poor. Um, you know he's a big time vet. Like he's played in the league forever now. Um, and I don't know. I don't think he carries that kind of weight to punch uh, anybody. Like you know, like maybe LeBron's the only person that you know punched a guy in the chest and be like, all right, like it's cool. <laughs> but what the guy do? What's wrong yeah. with him? Exactly, but I don't know what he's like. Like Kyle Anderson's a better player than you are, so I don't know if he's maybe like upset at the fact that you know Kyle Anderson's a better player than he is. But I think that's just like ridiculous. I'm happy the Timberwolves sent him home because a lot of teams are like, "Oh, you can just like whatever, like we'll just play play on, like let's put this behind us." No, like send him home. And you know what? If you're gonna act like that, like I don't really need you for the plan. I don't think he's been a big part of their success, anyways. You you have Cat back, anyways. So um, I think. You don't really need Gobert. I did love that as the punches is being thrown, the two, you know, hearts of the team, Edwards and Towns, are just sitting there. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> here, let's just let this happen in front of us. Like, it's all good. <laughs> don't worry about it. I also, I really, you say Kyle Anderson's better. I think, I hate to say this, but if you're getting punched by Rudy Gobert, you might have to go to the G League, dude. That is one of the worst things you could have happen to your career. That's just an awful look to get swatted by the Frenchman. Well, but then Gobert, I think, like, he was like, oh, should I go for the head? Should I not? And then he just kind of went for the chest. Like, I don't know, bro. If you're going to punch him, <laughs> just punch him. Don't. It was almost like he was half-assed it, it kind of. It was weird. Was it even closed fist or was it more of a push? It was closed fist. And he got him okay. pretty good in the chest. But I feel like oh, he, was, okay. he initially wanted to get him in the, uh, in the face. Mm. Right. Missed shot. Yeah, and if you pull up Rudy Gobert, it's game time decision, not injury related, on on the roster. So. <laughs> yeah, so I, I read that, that just, before. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I also saw one of their guys, Jaden McDaniels, is not coming back today with a right hand injury. Now he could have, you know, it, it, he could have hurt his hand in the game. But my hope deep down is that there was another fight, and then he yeah. hurt his right hand in in a separate fight. Maybe with yeah. Kyle Anderson again or Torian Prince or somebody there. I don't know. That's my deep down hope. I do love that the Timberwolves are going into the play-in game humming because the play-in game is really – like I, I might just call it's, it it's, like the Timberwolves week. I was going to say, there's nothing more playing. Like Timberwolves are like playing. Like they're just playing team. They <laughs> they're the face the of the play-in. They're the yeah. face of the play-in, I'd say. Exactly. So that's how I'm hoping child that, that happens. We don't really know the West – matchups right now as we're recording which is it's all good we'll know them by thursday by the time that the playoffs are a little more in focused i know in the east alex's raptors have a date with the bulls i think that's on tuesday so how are you feeling dude do or die game uh yeah uh wednesday uh tuesday is hawks heat just pulling it up here 
Um, what a banger that'll be. That'll Hawks be a banger. Heat. I I just I honestly I just hope we lose because I'd rather get um like a, a better as good a draft pick as possible. Um, because this team just is poorly constructed. I think Masai's done a really bad job um constructing this team, and then I think it's I'm rip. Like I said, with Nick Nurse, I think it's time to probably move on as well with him. This team doesn't look like it's very motivated. They don't really look like they want to play. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. But um, I, I do hope we probably just bow out on Wednesday. Because, I mean, what? You're you're going to play the Bucks, So I don't really see the point. Now that you mention it, I do remember that the Bulls have Pat Beverly right now, which is and another is, play-in legend. He's playing Pat. Play in Pat. Yeah, he is playing Pat. And that's so, that's not the face you want to see when you're going, not you're going into a play-in game. Not at all. Pat Beverly I'd love for him to jump road. onto the scores table and wave his Bulls shirt, Bulls jersey around after he smoked <laughs> the Raptors. Center. I'd love that. In Toronto. <laughs> like, do it in Toronto. I'd love that. I'm down. I'm hoping. That's Give me scoop. That Give me scoop. <laughs> oh, that'll be hype, scoop. dude. Now you got something to look forward to. You mentioned the Heat Hawks. I literally, I don't know a fan of either of those teams. I've never even encountered one in the wild. So I don't what imagine do that would be very well. Eastern Conference Finals rematch. Oh, big history. Oh, big good. History. Yeah. <laughs> lots of, lots of uh, past episodes of this yeah. historic matchup. But Heat legend Udonis Haslam did have 24 points today in his final NBA game ever. You're 24 right. points. Gave him a rocking chair as a, as a retirement as a parting gift. gift. Yeah. Exactly. Who we have mentioned him more than any other player in the history of the NBA on this show. 24 points, a dunk, three three pointers, the rocking chair. (laughs) It sounds like 2K, but it actually happened this morning. I know. A dunk? An alley oop dunk. Two on one break. Two on one fast break. He passes it off to the guy. He runs the floor. The guy throws it back up to him and he flushed it. And was do, you, do you remember that nine for seventeen? <laughs> do you remember that clip where? Do you remember when Tyler Hero tried to throw him a lob and he <laughs> fell over? <laughs> That's I think my favorite Udonis Haslam clip ever. Man, what a career, dude! His body literally like turned to ash when he like tried to tried to buckle the knees to get up for the flush, dude, and it just his body just could not take it any longer. Um, uh, so good okay. good for him oh, hopefully they unleash sorry. him in the play-in game sorry quickly on the mcdaniels thing did you see what happened phil actually what happened with his no head? no dude he was leaving the game so he was going to the locker room and as he was walking like it's on video you can find it on twitter he punches the wall as hard as he can with his right hand and broke his hand <laughs> bro i love the wolves dude what a oh, team they're the best okay <laughs> Good thing they don't have their first round pick for the next five years, so they have Gobert instead. Yeah. That's just really shrewd management. So good for them. I give them a lot of credit. Um, yeah, the playoffs will be on the weekend, so we could talk about them a little bit then. I did also. I really like that the Lakers have brought in Tristan Thompson for the stretch run. I think that's a quality signing. Great. Um, he was on NBA Today, like flipping water bottles with like uh, doing the mm-hmm. you know the challenge like three weeks ago, and now he's just on the Lakers again. I think his destiny is to fill the Kendrick Perkins career path and just be on the bench for the next like five years when he's well past his prime. So I see him him. as like Andre Drummond, but I also just like doesn't really do anything except rebound the basketball and he's just kind of bad at everything else and ends up on the Lakers and 
overstays his welcome. My question is now that he's in LA and he doesn't have to travel there, like how many kids is he going to have here? It's got to be a new record, like four. I think he's going to put up Nick Cannon stats now. Then we're looking at it that way. Because yeah. he was probably he have flying to fly them, them to fly him out. Exactly. To Cleveland yeah. or to Sacramento or to wherever <laughs> garbage team he was playing for. Chicago. Now he's just in the city. He just has to pay for Uber instead of the private yeah. plane. So, so watch out if you're in LA. Yeah. Be on the lookout, dude. He's swiping right. Yeah. So you got to be got to be careful in these streets. I know Steven Silas and Dwayne Casey are, are gone. Um, I actually kind of feel bad for Steven Stylus. Like you wait like 20 years to get a head coaching job and you're just stuck with Jalen Green posting emo display pictures to his Instagram. It, it, tough, tough business to be in NBA coaching because that can happen to you. So tough look for those guys. I also last thing, NFL drafts in two and a half weeks. Adam is, is the jeans guy on this show. We know that jeans, of course, in the news again this weekend because he can't be out cringed by Anthony Richardson's roof video. He posts a video of himself shirtless eating a banana that was well past its expiry Brown all the way around with the peel on, which is just mush and like rind. So I'm out on jeans. I'm out on jeans too. Can't be out cringed (laughs) this guy. So Adam, this is your boy. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, listen, people have some, weird eating habits. It is what it is. I mean, maybe that's what got him to the position that he's in today. And if mm. the banana peel has some sort of nutritional content that we're missing out on, then I'm in. I might start trying it. Oh. Oh, send me a video of that. Yeah, make sure you post that one. I want to see that for sure. You have to do it shirtless as well, like he did, though, where he was, you know, had half the torso up above the table so everybody could see what well, was going on. Well, if I looked on. like him, I'd be shirtless all the time. Yeah, he is a nude share, so we do know what he looks like. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, exactly. I wish him luck. Yeah. I, I do. I hope that. Uh, I, I, I honestly, you could call me boomer for this one too. The, people who see that and then they draft him, they're just going to be like, "This guy's a weirdo." Like, who is going to watch that and be like, "Respect"? Like, put down. <laughs> he's putting. He's eating it with the peel. Like, that's sick. Like, yeah, everybody's going to have a notion that a he's champion. a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a boomer take for sure. All right. Well, somebody's <laughs> going to be wrong. My guy can hit the roof. It is what it is. I'm sure everybody else is jealous. <laughs> Alex and Owens guys, very calm in the two-week run into the draft, taking it very easy. No stories about either of them, which is probably why they're going to go one and two, and Adam and I are battling it out for 10. That's that's <laughs> the situation with us. Um, but, yeah, I think other than that, I don't think there's much. Owen, I know you went to a concert. If you wanted to give a review, yes. now's, now's the floor. Oh, I'm glad you asked. So I went to see Freddie yes. Gibbs. Thank um, you for asking. I'm, I, I needed to ask. I really wanted to know. Yeah. Uh, Adam's upset because I invited him and he said no. And then he looked at all the fun I had and then I think he had some. He regretted it. Um, but it was a really good concert. He's a, he's a rapper that I'm a fan of. He's got really good music. And it was pretty lit. It was, uh, so it was at this like smaller venue and it was like this DJ and then there's a couple opening acts and Freddie took like two hours to get on the stage. Like I was there, I was like exhausted. Um, That's when you know the concert is going to be raw though. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody was like screaming his name and then he came out and like the place was like about to burst. It was insane. Like it was nuts. And he was came out in a jacket and everyone was hyped. 
Uh, and then he took it off and it was t- revealing an Oilers jersey. And I think like literally my eardrums almost popped. It was the loudest oh, cl- crowd I think I've ever experienced. It just means uh, more. Probably. There. Yeah, I think it does probably. And then, yeah, he was great. It was uh, the best crowd I've ever been in. The only part, the only complaint I do have <clears throat> is he kept doing this thing uh, maybe from like halfway through his set list until the end where he'd be like, he'd say like, open it up. So he wanted people to like make a circle in the middle. And then like when the, song like the chorus kicked in everyone would kind of mosh and like the first couple times like it's you know it's fun i i, I definitely partook um but then you know he do that three times every song by the end i was like i was like close it up like i could not open it up anymore my body was getting bruised i was getting sore i was getting pushed everywhere uh you know people were fighting it was it was a bit uh a bit much so i had to take a little bit of an ice bath after that but all in all great experience um and anybody, if you do have the chance to see Freddie Gibbs live, make sure you do it. Yeah, I'm, just I'm make sure if he's opening it up, well. just be be prepared. It's going to happen forty other times, so don't lose, don't waste all your energy the first time. Wow, I know there's some open it up grinders in the crowd who just absolutely like <laughs> they make it their life's mission to open it up when it's time yeah. to open it up. They're like, like everybody, oh, dude, the first they're like botting you out of the way to make this edge of the circle. Like I was like, dude, I was literally bruised after. Like, did you hear him? Open it up. Open it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know those guys are the kings of the first one in. When it when the circle yeah. does open up, they're jumping in first. So you got to give them a lot of yeah. props. Freddie Gibbs. I'm glad to hear it went well. Yeah. All right. Now it's time. The most anticipated, I think, movie review, maybe of all time. Uh, Tar. Which, <laughs> if I would say spoilers, but if you want to see this movie, just do yourself a favor and maybe drop it off the list. That would be my advice to you off the hop. You know what? There's not much we can spoil because I don't know what the hell happened in this movie. (laughs) Off the top, Phil, you're saying these things, but witnesses have said that you gave the movie three and a half stars out of five. Here's the thing. Well, we'll talk about it. And as you know, letterbox ratings tend to drop down or go up after our reviews. That's yes, true. they do. We do swing the markets. Now, first, let's clear some bases with Owen. He did not finish the movie. He got halfway through. Do you want to have a statement about that? or? Mm, I mean, there's not much I can say. I kind of took the L. I uh, watched half of it. I will say, okay, so I watched the first half with my girlfriend, and she really did not. She was not enjoying it. So I, <laughs> she That's didn't fair. really want to watch it anymore. Understandable. Um, so I will maybe deflect some of the blame there but then after that i just kind of pushed it pushed it off pushed it off pushed it off and then yeah still got still pushing it so still got some to do but i'll take the l on that one i want to take some credit because i also watched the first half of my girlfriend she really hated it as well but then she kind of just left and then i uh i powered along and i watched like most of it by myself i watched it i thought it was actually gonna be a pretty good movie so i actually invited my parents to watch it too with me (laughs) well my mom hated it my dad liked it (laughs) probably more than everybody but um yeah my mom was not like in the first like hour she's like this is so boring the thing was like you kind of need loki you kind of need like a a phd in music to understand i think the first 45 (laughs) minutes because i did not honestly understand anything that they were talking about name dropping like every single fucking musical artist name dropping all these like technical musical like terms that i did not understand i don't know maybe you guys understand it better than i do but i did not understand anything alex the first message he sent me about the movie was 
dude, they were using a lot of big words that I just, I couldn't keep up with. I was like, <laughs> I, I agree with you, dude, but you needed the, you needed the suburbs to rip, to rip through, which are oh, sites that I we had use. the subtitles on all the way and I still didn't understand. Wait, you did? What, where did yeah. you watch it? Yeah, there's no subs on soap. Yeah, I had them the whole way, but uh, I don't know what you're talking tell about. Tell us quick seven bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Alex is really paid for a, it for the family. Yeah, it was like a family yeah. date. It was like a family like oh. night out. Like, all right, oh. Adam, Adam, you should be ashamed here's, of yourself. Here's the thing: Adam just tried to take credit for finishing the movie that he recommended. Like he was somehow <laughs> going to punt the second half of it and be like, "Sorry, I mean, guys, couldn't get it." It was a it. tough movie to finish. I won't lie. It was bad. I think I think I understood the most of the movie. So if you have questions about the movie, I can try to answer them for you. I think, I I think that's the role I can play in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think after <laughs> reading a bit, it's pretty understandable. But it okay, well, definitely takes time to process. Okay, well, I think let, like let's just start from this like beginning a bit. I thought that fucking interview was a pot. Like that was atrocious. I that was one of the hardest. Like I don't honestly remember. Like I don't even know where to start. That was so hard to sit through. Because once again, I didn't understand anything. And then every time I'm like, okay, like they're going to change the scene. The guy, the guy just keeps asking her questions. I'm like, oh my God, stop asking her so many questions. I, every time he asked her a question, I'm like, okay, finally, this is the last one. He's like, actually, I also want to ask you about this. So I thought that was awful. For the average person who doesn't really understand what a conductor does, I think the interview is kind of cool to put you in the mind of what a conductor does and what role they play. And orchestra. So I thought it was relevant context. Well, yeah, I didn't hit the interview either. No, I, I agree with you. I think it made her seem... It, the the point of it being there to me was to make her look very powerful. That she is this yes. big presence. That she's commanding this entire auditorium just with her interview, basically. I think that was the point. And she also said the thing about... That you mentioned, Alex. I think it was in the interview where she said controlling time. Yeah. Which she ends at the end of the movie when she puts the headset on. It's like she doesn't control time anymore. She's just yeah. leaving it to the to the actual. And that's only because I researched at the end what the hell like happens and like what's the <laughs> ending and all that. Anyways, yeah, we all read the it. same Reddit comment. Yeah, I think because, we all did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> Shout out to that redditor because apparently when she goes to the Philippines and puts on the headset, it's like a metronome and it's like she doesn't dictate time. And like Phil said in the interview, she says that. I think it's her right hand is what controls the time is yeah. her biggest like that's what she lives for like being like like controlling the time in the orchestra and the tempo um so ultimately she loses that but i mean everything in between even the beginning and the end was like super i don't know like wishy-washy to me it was like meh um the store like it has good ground i think the story but i was talking to phil i think they try to cover too much yeah, in the story, I think maybe even just focusing on what happened with um, uh, what was the girl that um, Krista, Krista, like just maybe focusing a little bit more on Krista and getting down to the nitty gritty of what actually happened there. Instead, they kind of like say that something happened there, but don't really go in depth into what happened. What happened? Like I know Francesca kind of like um, just leaves her and 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 kind of backstabs her in her point of view. But like, what happened with Francesca? Like, we don't ever see Francesca again. I didn't like that part. Um, and then that's just kind of it with the movie. She separates from her wife. We don't really get anything else besides the fact she goes to the Philippines. I just feel like it tried to cover too much, and as a result, it was cutting out too many, too many other like 
it couldn't fit in anything else really just because it was trying to cover so much i have a i have a very large question that i kind of realized never got answered like what was up with like the whole neighbor thing like the neighbor that kept knocking on your door and like saying like do you have the letters under my name i don't understand but i think what they're trying to like what the movie tried to do is cover like a hundred different things and it it's like i think to alex's thing it's kind of intentionally not telling you things because it says it's not based on a true story but it's pretty well taking elements from all these different cases of famous people abusing their power over the years and i think it's not telling you much because it's alluding to the fact that the public won't know much of the real story or something like that i think that's kind of a cheap excuse for not going into these details i think it's why it's made that way though and if you're going to cover all these topics is what i'm going to say here i don't understand why some of the things are in there like you want to cover a bunch of stuff you need the movie to be long but the relationship with her daughter i just didn't understand that at all like what was the point of having that type of relationship in the scene where she's like at the school being like, I'm going to get you like what that was like, I, just, I think it's, I think it, cause it shows that she, ha- she feels this entitlement and that she feels this like sort of immense power. So I think she was using kind of what she told Krista, like that's how she treated Krista. I think she just thinks she can treat anybody like that. So she goes up to a six year old and is like, if you ever tell anybody what I did, no one's going to believe you, which is probably what she told Krista now that I think about it, which is actually kind of, yeah, that's, kind of genius. I'm not going to lie. That's actually kind of a banger. She goes yeah. to anybody and just since she has this huge like ego and huge sense of entitlement, I think that was essentially how she talked to Krista is, is the way she talked to that child. Um, yeah. And then throughout but, but the, the whole movie, I'd say the whole movie is trying to diminish her and make her less important and, like she starts off, I guess, like you guys said, I didn't like the interview, but from your guys' perspective, you said how when you watch the interview, you see her as this big like character, this big, very important, grand, you know, individual. And then as the movie keeps going, like she it's she just becomes less and less and less. Um, to the point where remember when those people are trying to sell the house? And they're like, Can you not play your music while they're here? Because it's distracting and it's gonna, you know, suck and we don't like it. Yeah. So I can see that, but still, like I said, I just wish there would, they dove more into something, you know, and just focused on something more. I wish that we could break down. Cause my mom asked me after she's like, like, what was the movie about? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know how to sum it up in a sentence. I wish we could explain to Owen what happened in the second half, but I could tell you the last scene and you just wouldn't believe me. You would be like, how, like, she's literally just, she walks into this place in Asia and like screens come down and it's like flags. And then it like the camera like pans back and it's just people in costumes. And then that's just the end of the movie. That, that was literally the final scene. I think it was like a a video game song performance. Yes. That's what it was. That she was doing live. And there was a bunch of cosplayers there and everything. Which Did you have to look that up you, to figure that out, though? The movie's just, like, beating her down from start to finish. Um, yeah. Which is so what she's, I like, beginning, she begins as, like, the super prestigious, like, oh, orchestra yeah. musician. And then by yeah. the end, she's doing, like, Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It, yeah. Literally, that's kind of... So, 
but the idea. Like, it's a cool idea, but I still, I don't know. I didn't really like the movie. Like I get what, what they're doing in the movie, but I, I don't like it. Um, I still don't get what the point of the neighbor was. No, that's, that didn't need to be in there. That just didn't make sense. Well, well, what was the point of her chasing down Olga, the Russian girl, and then like falling and tripping in that like creepy. Dude. House. I thought Olga was a werewolf. (laughs) I thought she was in a relationship with Olga or trying to. She was trying to groom Olga into being her next like target. Into the next Chris. Like her next wife. Well, yeah. no, that's I think what I think she did with Francesca too. Yeah, I think that's right. And then she like promises Francesca these wasn't going to get yeah. the assistant uh, conductor role or whatever. Francesca's like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm just going to go like I'm going to go the tell emails the truth to, the to press. everybody. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, you know what I can say <clears throat> is the scene where she goes to Juilliard. Um, that had me on the edge of my seat. I love that scene. Me too. That was a banger. That was that was, that was yeah. a great scene. I thought I was going to be watching, literally, like I said, a Hall Whiplash. of Fame movie. Yeah, I yeah. was like, this is unbelievable. Like, what a scene. And then it just never yeah. even got touched the rest of the movie. Oh, it was incredible. The, the like, back and forth between her and that guy. The dialogue was so good. Like, you got you learned so much more about her character. And then it, it kind of had that, like, moment of tension where he leaves. Like, it was, like, the perfect scene. I loved it. Yeah. I, I could not. If it was like that, just extrapolated through the whole movie, it would have been, you're right, it would have been all time. And that is, that's the most important scene of the movie because she tells the, the kids, you need to disconnect the art that somebody makes from the artist. And that, and, but her career hinges on people believing that about her because yeah. she's grooming these people under the table and then. Block, blocking them from getting career which led to that girl's death so she's like what you learn more and more through the movie that she's probably like using that class to groom those kids to disconnect yeah. that art from the artist's work so yeah it was the most important scene but it's still like the, that scene was electrifying and the rest of the movie had no electricity that's the way i saw it yeah and then I, I kind of, they were saying like every time she wakes up from the bed too, that like, that's possibly like Krista's ghost haunting her and that she's paranoid and all that stuff. But I don't know. I, I some people, like I was reading some people like, holy shit, those were so like, those scenes were so sick, but I don't know. Like the metronome was like ticking and she turns it off and I don't know, maybe I missed some big symbolism there. I didn't really find those scenes super intriguing. I think the the idea was that she's like haunted by Krista. things that like she's trying to hide things and she's like permanently scared that they're going to be uncovered. I think that because I said to Adam, I think that the the werewolf dog black wolf was actually not like I don't think that was real. I think that was like a her literally just like, or... yeah her paranoia. That's why she was like down there like freaking out like i don't think there's actually anything down there she was just freaking out and then the scream in the in the in the forest i think she just there wasn't actually screaming it's just like her imagination that's what i thought but again that's like like, i don't don't want to look up a movie to figure out if i like it or not yeah because i I hate i did not like the movie i'm with adam i would have given it like a two and a half yeah but but, hold on but then i look it up and i learn some stuff and i'm like all right, like that filled in some blanks. I can round it up to this. But I don't necessarily want to do that with the movie that I'm watching. I would just rather it tell me. 
amidst all the like allegations that are happening with her about like like grooming these kids and like like exchanging like sex for these like favors and all this stuff she brings olga to the fucking to new york like this uh, like almost like like minor at this point which i was like what like that is just unbelievable um well and then she in the in the hotel she was like meet me in the in the yeah, lobby well, you want to go out for dinner this that and then olga like just finette like just blocks her out totally yeah uh, but, but but that was yeah she was because she thinks she can still get away with it was the idea yeah. that she's like still gonna and then the and then the um the scene with her wife and the kid at the end when she's like the wife basically says to her like i let you do what you want and do these like horrible things because yeah you know you you well, provide my family with money and protection for my daughter and when you let that yeah. get in the way then i'm not gonna be here yeah and then also it also goes to show you when she gets back to her like home in the u.s i don't know exactly where, where which state she ended up going to but like her name is linda actually but linda isn't i guess a, a prestigious enough name to be within the orchestra community so she changed it to lydia and she's from this like i think like small town like far, farming like far, like just small town community um really so once again goes to show you that she just could never like She's, yeah, a she's a fraud. She's a fraud, and um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that so, yeah, because this yeah, the scene with her brother at the end when he's yeah. like Linda, Lydia, whatever you want to be called, and then even in like on her medals it said like Linda T A R R, so like it wasn't even her last name wasn't even spelt yeah. the way that she used it. It was like you know the A well, accents more prestigious or whatever. So I yeah, guess this, I mean Lydia isn't this what you call a character study? I guess. Yeah. You know, Lydia. So I would say the other thing that was good about the interview scene was it made her seem really pretentious, in my opinion. Like you got the impression, at least I did, that she was very arrogant, very prideful woman. Like she, she was not somebody that was very down to earth or humble. So, so I thought that was another. Well, that's true. Good she is thing very arrogant. For. Because Owen, I don't think you watched this part, but remember the guy she's talking to at the dinner table. I think his name's Kaplan or whatever, and he's like begging her to like. The guy with the glasses, kind of yeah. like taking her um, symphony. Score. Like I think it was, yeah, score symphony number five or whatever she was supposed to do, and um, and she ends up going to that to that night of that concert, and she goes on stage and just like starts beating the crap out of him because he got he 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 was awarded the um, the conductor for the orchestra, um, and she couldn't take that, so she just like goes and like beats this guy, gives him a bloody nose. So like Owen said, very pretentious. Really? big ego um and uh just kind of an awful person yeah well she was willing to trade her he was like just play me a bit of your music and i'll buy you like the private plane was like yeah. her like was that like that scene yeah and then but i guess the like a greater point of her arrogance as well was that she like you know she goes at the end of the movie she goes and just like like resumes her life like nothing happened she's yeah. like i'm still going to like uh, that brothel with the girls in the massage place, and she's still composing. She's still doing to going through the same process. Massage place. Point of that was they were like they were like shaped like a orchestra, you know. Yeah, like the girls were shaped like an orchestra, and then she picked number five, and number five was the name of the symphony that yeah. she was working on. So that's why that's, she grew up. And that's I think so, it also kind of meant it's hard to get, but that's the idea. 
Well, no, I not to brag. I I knew that right away when she picked number five that it was Symphony the number five. Not to brag, but to also that also went to show how like <laughs> she could really just pick. Since she was in such a power of position as the conductor, she could really just handpick whoever she wanted to groom and whoever she wanted to take advantage of. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. She's and, and, and she's still doing it, just on a much lower level. Yeah, and when she when she got. When she fired that guy, he said to her, we all know what you do and we let you get away with it because yeah. you make great music and you're this, this person, which was implying that it was, everybody on the staff knew of why Olga was getting the number one spot on that, yeah. on that uh, number five score. Again, I don't want to research a movie to have to like it this much. I'm actually going to bump it down to a three. That's going to be that's going to no be my score. Way. I know, no way. Adam also tried to blame me for his suggestion. He said, I didn't I blame you. I said, because, yeah. I said it was a contributing factor, which I oh, didn't okay. see last week. So it's only Adam, 40% you take responsibility my fault. here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard that it was good. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it probably is good, but it just wasn't. Uh, I don't think we're the target audience. I think I like it a bit more, though, since I've talked to you guys about it, though. I will admit that, but that's not per- great. That's just me. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my two and a half stars. I thought she looked a lot like Trevor Lawrence. I can't lie. Great so actress, they- though. I do want to say that too. Like, yeah, this is that she did. She was incredible. She was in every scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. She big. She had a big part to play. Yeah, she did. She did. I think she won the all the awards for it too. So I don't feel like no. I'm, uh, you know, but breaking again. News. I, I yeah, I, I needed a little more backstory to give this one a better score, but it is what it is. Jill, did you want to give an opinion? Oh no, no, I'm good, thanks, Gum. Oh, oh, right there. Oh, yeah, I know. I just <laughs> spotted her out the corner of my eye. You don't even want to give a star rating. You watch as much as Owen. I'll give it three stars out of five. Yeah, you didn't. Okay, Wait. what? <laughs> you watched like thirty percent of it. Yeah. Well, we asked her for a rating, and she yeah. didn't <laughs> I don't so, think she failed the test. I think she got it. Nice. Like, I thought the filmmakers did a good job. Like, they built a good atmosphere for the movie. Yeah, they did. It was pretty tense, I'd say. It, definitely it was. was. Just because, like, it felt like something was kind of off the whole time. Like, there was a little, you know. So Something I in the air. With, yeah. Something about Tar. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'll give it a seven point five. It probably would have been a seven out of ten or a six something out of ten. But actually talking with you guys about it, I thought it was pretty. I think it's pretty good. I think it's a bit better than I thought. I might go watch it a second time. I'm not gonna lie. Now that I it's probably better. I feel like time. this is a good second watch movie. You don't yeah. think sarcastic? No, I'm serious. I think yeah. if I watch this a second time, I might like it. I agree yeah, with you. I just you. feel like because talk, yeah, talking with you guys, I just kind of like the movie more. What did Owen doing? give his? Did Owen give his uh, rating? Uh, no, I don't feel like I'm qualified yet. Oh, okay, yeah, we're not. So I'm, okay. I'm gonna uh, next show when we do like our rankings. I'll just remind, maybe remind me, or I'll, I'll try and remember it, and I'll give it a rating once I finish it. Sounds good. Okay. I'll make a note. Yeah. Um. So for our next movie, we're gonna go uh, international film. Um, oh, and it's go. gonna be it's gonna be memories of a murder. Um, it's gonna be a Korean oh, movie. I love that movie. Raw, raw. So that movie's we'll great. 
we'll do that one. Memories of a Murder. It's a crime mystery movie. Um, and it's directed by uh, Boong John Ho, who directed Parasite. So I've been seeing this movie on my TikTok for a really long time. And people say it's like an all-time movie. So um, it's awesome. That's, that's what I'll be picking. I don't think we've done an international movie yet, right? I think no. this is number one. Number one. So yeah. that's what I'm going with. Unless you count Great all the film. international, so, unless you count the international some... flavor of John Wick, dude. <laughs> so Bong Ho, Bong Joon Ho, yeah. is the same director who directed Parasite, which is, I mean, obviously yeah. one of the best pictures, best movies of like the last, ooh, maybe ten years. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's got the same actor, the the of the, the, the guy with the red face stars in the it. the because dad, the dad in, uh, in yeah. Parasite. Yeah, it's a great yeah. movie. I'm yeah, he's a great actor, it. so I'm kind of down to watch this movie. I just, yeah, you know, Raw. Ready to... Memories of a Murder. That'll be on Memories of Murder. 17th. Memories of Murder? Memories Memories of Murder. Yeah, sorry. Memories of Murder. Sounds good. 17th. South Korean crime thriller, so let's do yeah. it. Good. Fire. I'm happy to hear that. Okay. All right. Well, in terms of ranking Tar, I think I'm putting it uh, – I don't know, above Wick and Train and not eh, not much better than that. That's that's about where I'm putting it. You yeah, don't know. like uh you don't like Bullet Train that much? I yeah. liked Bullet I like I don't like I, I don't dislike any movie we've seen, really. I got it above Train. Adam didn't like Train. I I've I got liked Train a lot. Yeah, it I've was just fun movie. Probably not a surprise. But Train's above <laughs> par for sure. Train's fucking awesome. Train was awesome. It's just it was. Take awesome is just getting better and better. It is it's awesome. Fun as heck. I love it. Yeah. Brad I Pitt, thought it was dude. better than Wick. Almost. It was like right up there with Wick. Yeah. I, you, you know what? You're probably right. I think I'd have Wick below Train in, in retrospect. I think the further I get away from Wick, the less I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything else. Ten. Ten. 10. Adam just flashed up a five and then did another but five. Time, okay. But twice. <laughs> good, good. 20. The good score from Adam. All right. Well, we'll be back on our Friday, breaking everything down. Happy Easter Monday, everybody. See you then.